Hey, Doc. Hey, V, how's that implant treating you? Uh, it seems to be malfunctioning. Keep showing a guy. Oh, you mean international rock star sensation Johnny Silverhand? Well, well, yeah, at first, but now it just seems to be glitching. Here, you know, take a look. Oh, I know kung fu. Mmm, let me take a look at it. And the FBI's gonna pay me to learn to surf? Uh, I see the problem. Your Keanu.exe is out of whack. Uh, the kid with an ant farm? Lady, he's not planning anything. Can, can you fix it? It's driving me up the wall. Helen died. I lost everything. That dog arrived on my doorstep. Yeah, let me fiddle with it here. Yes, Bill, but I do not believe we'll get Eddie Van Halen till we have a triumphant video. No, not that one. It's me, Keanu. Wow. Not that one either. Wake up, samurai. Ah, here we go. That's the right one. Wait, wait, go back. Go back? To the one before Johnny Silverhand, the kitten? I am your spirit teacher. You want the kitten in your head 24-7? Yeah, I mean, listen to him. He seems nice. People can't be excellent to you unless you're excellent to yourself. Yeah, I can see that. He's cute. Besides, Johnny Silverhand is an ass. Who doesn't want a kitten in their head spewing life advice? Clara, it's time to wake up. In the early 2000s, Kelly Ryan and Matt Mason were sent to backlog prison for the crime of owning too many games. These RP gamers promptly escaped with help from their staff to the internet underground. Today, still drowning in unplayed games, they survive as podcasters with no fortune. If you have a backlog, if no one else can help, well, you've already found them. It's our A-Team of RPG Backtrack. Welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and RPG Backtrack, your semi-bi-weekly nostalgia show. I'm your host, <laughs> I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and the Doc Brown to my Marty, my podcast partner in crime, Mr. Matt Mason. Oh, I was hoping I was going to be the build of your Ted. But, you know, uh, that you line know, went somewhere else. As a matter of fact, that would have been a better reference, but I just named the show Back to the Future because I hadn't played this, so it was the only thing I could think about. But, ah, oh, well, um, we're talking about Cyberpunk 2077 tonight, and I've got uh, a pile of guests chomping at the bit to, uh, I don't know, not sing its praises. <laughs> uh, on team, it's fine. We've got Josh. Yep, yep, I was whelmed. Um, on <laughs> team, it's a pile of shit. We got David. Wait, no, no, no. He likes oh. the game. Okay, so so your team, it's okay. No, on team, it's actually quite good. Okay, T- team, it's actually quite good is David, and then team, fuck this game. We've got Sam and special roommate guest Jim. Welcome. I choose violence. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that the quest design is open enough to let you do that. <laughs> My response. So oh. I, I did not play this. I, I enjoyed a hefty amount. Enjoyed a hefty amount of Schadenfreude just hearing people b- bitch about it and just seeing all the chaos that ensued after its launch. And I just I, I'm not a futuristic kind of person. I prefer my fantasy games. So I just 
it was kind of off my radar. So this is going to be one of those shows where after we do the intro, I'm just going to let these guys loose, and <laughs> it's, it's going to be an interesting time. Uh, what what a way to end up the year of backtracking, even though we've got one more show after that. So uh, we're going to come back after a short musical interlude, and when we do, it's uh, gloves off, I guess, so stick around. <laughs> Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we're diving into Cyberpunk 2077 based off the Cyberpunk series of role-playing games. So famous for the setting that they basically named the genre, so kind of like Band-Aid or Kleenex. Kind of interesting. This game was announced in May 2012 and didn't come out until December 10th, 2020 on the PS4, Xbox, Windows, and Stadia. Hey, remember Stadia? And then... um, was later released on the next-gen systems. Is this right? On February 15th, 2022? Yeah, that, yeah. that's when the versions yeah. were officially considered to be released. Oh, okay, the gotcha. PS4 and Xbox versions had already had severe enhancements made to them when they ran on the uh, PS5 and Xbox series, but they did not ah, actually go- become native apps. Gotcha. Now, I, I had trouble finding this information. Was this a free upgrade or not? Yeah, it was a free upgrade. Okay, good. Excellent. So, yeah, there was a lot of hype for this game. Um, Eight-year development cycle, and all I heard well, when it came out was that it was garbage. Well, it's well, not I mean, the... actually, spend eight years in development. Okay, and I think part of the part of the hype is, I mean, you know, Cyber or uh, CD Projekt Red was coming off of uh, Witcher Three. Which and two when they announced it, which is what got the initial hype. And mm-hmm. yeah, Witcher yeah, and 3 team ended up sort of eating the existing pre-production team once they came in in 2016. After because the essentially the Witcher 3 leadership got pushed onto Cyberpunk after Witcher 3 completed, which is when the game's development really started. And, and I think that was a big part of the 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 you know the huge buildup in this game is like witcher 3 was you know like game of the decade everybody was on about witcher and this was the next thing coming from the same company and that 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 sort of just was inevitably snowballed into the hype for this game mm-hmm. witcher 3 ended up selling something like 17 million units of some crazy number of that. Oh, <laughs> uh yeah tough act to follow well and that's it rightfully so it actually is a good game, not like this one. I actually don't like Witcher 3 very much. I don't think it's a very good open world. You and I are always disagreeing. What the hell? I'm just saying, I don't think it's a very good open world. And you think Night City is? Yes. Night City's a fucking mess. There's places to find in Night City. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I so disagree. <laughs> Fuck. Night City was so fucking boring. There were so around. many different oh angles God. of approach when you have a city you can leap all over, as opposed to, oh, I'll get on Roach and wish that I could just move to the next area. Yeah, but you know what game did that better? Saints Row 4. 
<laughs> That's a complete incomparable. It is. It is. It is better though. Think about it. Played a if lot watch- of Saints Row Four, but you get very different experiences when you are playing a game that basically has you being Superman versus a game that has you being enhanced but not indestructible. No, there, this there game's are no kind of bullshit for that. Angles. No, no. There, no. Are, there are no worthwhile alternate angles of approach to Saints Row because the second that you get like, and I love Saints Row Four, but the second that you get super speed and like super jumps, then most of the game might as well not exist. No, and I that I actually agree with. But no, I think actually Cyberpunk has this problem where it does behave like you're indestructible at times. And it's infuriating because it is one of those things where it's like, great, I can get the double jump and I can literally use it to climb up fucking anything. Yeah. I'm fucking Spider-Man. There are a lot of places that you still have trouble clambering up and require you to consider your angle of approach. I just, I look at it and I go, the enhancements weren't interesting. I found being V not to be interesting. And when I want an open world game, I want my world to be interesting to explore. And there was nothing about Night City that gave me the pull. And I love the cyberpunk genre. There are so many things about cyberpunk that I love, but there's just, for me personally, there's no draw or pull to go exploring. The characters are so weakly fleshed out with the exception of two. And it's one of those things where I love, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The game is broken into three acts. The first act allows you to choose your class, for lack of a better word. Your background. It's your origin. It's not your yeah. class. Thank you. Um, you pick your origin. None of the origins are actually that interesting to me, to be honest. You've got I, Nomad, I Corpo, picked, and Street Kid. Basically. I picked a Street Kid because I was like, you know what? I don't know anything about cyberpunk. I picked Nomad, which I appreciated that they are they do a good job of giving you options that reference your Nomad past throughout the entire game. See, that's good. Street Kid, you don't get anything like that. Well, you're just uh, some schmo. Like you're just some asshole on the street. Of course you don't have anything to say, unique to say. No, but it is one of those. They try to, when you are with Jackie, you know, they do try to kind of... You have much of, more of a past with Jackie. You have much more of a past with Jackie, which is great. That part was good. I wish that after Jackie died, the shit that was going on in the game actually mattered. Because for me, that was one of the most disappointing elements is going from the first act where, you know, they build up your relationship with Jackie. They build up this heist. They build up that Arasaka is this horrific corporation. You get all this information and it's so splendidly done. And then to move into act two, where you're basically stuck with fucking Keanu Reeves in your brain for the rest of the game. And I'm, I'll be honest, having him narrate, having him narrate the whole game for me was incredibly irritating. I love how much of an asshole he is. He's great. I don't mind that he's an asshole. He has nothing useful to say. He mostly just complains about his own petty problems, which is what Johnny Silverhand is doing the entire game. Do you think he was only added because he was one of the, he's one of the major characters from the tabletop games? Silverhand was definitely a choice made because there are other tabletop game characters that are referenced that they seemingly were either chose not to touch or were not allowed to touch. Well, they scorched them from that early build where you chose your hero. Like, in that early build where you got to see the option screen during Life Path and, like, who's your hero? Johnny Silverhand, Saburo Arasaka, or Morgan Blackhand? Saburo Arasaka, we see. He fucking dies. Johnny Silverhand spends the entire game being an ass and a poor simulacrum of himself, and Morgan Blackhand shows up in three newspaper articles, and that's it. Odds are pretty Morgan good Johnny Blackhand became would, central. 
definitely intentionally held back. Well, yeah, because what are you going to do with him that's not going to overshadow V? It's Morgan Blackhand, the solo solo. He is, he is not really a character that you can base. You can't have the player play as him, and he's going to, he's, he's a story breaker in any story he's in. Yeah, so. but that's it. Johnny got a central role. I'd argue because they cast Keanu in it, not because I mean, he was ever they were going to, to cast there. Keanu as someone. It, like I believe the choice to use Johnny Silverhand, from what I have been able to to read, well, Johnny's the most make... reasonable character for him to play. Like, who would you drop him in as? Well, the, the point right? I was making was, from what I have been able to find, they chose Johnny Silverhand and then reached out to Keanu to see if they could get him. Like that was that was from what information seems to exist out there that was a choice made before they got Keanu. Even so, it, there's something uncomfortable, at least to me, about building the whole game around having this character. Um, because in a lot of ways, like, when I was playing it, the game really, if you're doing the main story, really does beat over the head, you know, Johnny Silverhand, Johnny Silverhand, Johnny Silverhand. V, just, again, she is the shell of a human with Johnny Silverhand in her head. And it, for me, just doesn't make for interesting storytelling. Like, my V doesn't make a difference in this world. And I get it, because Night City, how are you supposed to make a difference? Well, you the blow world, up the world is beating, it. exactly, the world is beating you down and beating you down and beating you down. But I don't come out of the game ever feeling like anything I did mattered or anything I did was useful. Which and it is suitable for the setting, but... It's not interesting for gameplay. I, well, I have it's, a it's only presented in a way that works like that in the Corpro ending where you put your brain in prison. Everything else, it's a weaker version of you didn't do anything. Too bad. Well, and that's it. I feel like I got the short end of the stick picking the street kid because none of the endings truly kind of fit the character that I picked. You know, if you pick the Nomad, you know, Pan picking Pan Am's ending makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, picking Corpo and then putting your brain in a jar makes more sense. None of these endings really do anything for the street kid. Like, I, would... I ended up picking Pan Am's ending and realizing that it didn't make sense for my character. And, I mean, just in general, I love Pan Am as a character. I really dislike the fact that you do her entire storyline, and then her ending feels so disconnected as a choice. Um, I didn't like the fact that there's no good connection to it other than you just leave. I was like, great, that's an ending. It's a happy ending, I guess. But I look at it and I go, I wish this would was woven better to make sense because instead of capping off her storyline, there should have been a way to thread that into the ending a lot better. And it's just so choppy. It I, really is. I fundamentally don't think that cyberpunk stories work very well with any sort of thing that makes... Cyberpunk stories that uh, about... How to describe this? I don't think that it, there's much to do in a cyberpunk story that ends with you making a tremendous mark on the world. And I don't think that that was really a thing I went in expecting or even particularly wanting. Your story is in this kind of like I, my personal philosophy would be your story in this kind of world is of worth because it's what you did. And I just took a different philosophy into how that reflects on my character and how I was going to play the game. Um, I actually 
actually have a question about the player character. Is it a blank shell like the Skyrim player Not character? Not a totally blank shell. You okay. do talk and you do, because of your origin, you do have a past. And the game so, has some degree of interest in whether your character wants to live a long life that is unnotable or a short life that is extremely notable. Okay, so it sounds more like a Commander Shepard type of character. Closer to that. Okay, that, that makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. But f- f- fundamentally, like, you you can choose an ending where you're still trying to make a mark. Like, that is one of the endings. That's the ending I picked. Mm-hmm. And, I the still, ending and it still just didn't come across like it mattered. Like, anything I did mattered. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know I want something to matter. I get that that's not what this is about. But I look at it and I go... I played a game for 50 hours and nothing I did was interesting or notable. Now, those are different things. I would argue that, like, you know, because fundamentally, like, what what the protagonists do in a cyberpunk story kind of never matters because the systems of power are unshakable. And we kind of see that even in this game, like, just even aside from your own journey, like... A lot of Johnny Silverhand's story is him coming to terms with the fact that 50 years on, he blew up a fucking nuke in the middle of this city and it didn't do shit. He also killed a fuck ton of people with no good oh, reason. But oh you yeah, know. he blew up a nuke. Let's just kill 60 people for funsies. He's, uh, well, but that's... he's kind of a bad dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Johnny's scum. Johnny's self-centered, self-aggrandizing scum. Yeah, Reeves does a good job with him. His own memories of those events are faulty. Yeah, he didn't set off that nuke. Like he didn't set off that nuke. He doesn't. Johnny got cut in half with a shotgun. Adam Smasher blew him to pieces and didn't know who he was. He either he either is choosing to not remember correctly or just got broken at some point because also Morgan Blackhand was very definitely there. Well, it's it. He got made in a copy of a corpse that was dying. Yeah, it's right? one of those like situations. That, like you could say how much that's his his own personality and how much that's a bad copy. I I'd, I'd argue it's a bad copy. I mean, the original implication is the box itself was damaged before she got out of there. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just that one of those things Johnny, they have a lot of deniability around it. Oh yeah, no. Every time anybody asks about, well, why is the story not consistent? Well, Johnny's not reliable. You're right, but still. And even when, even before, like Sam mentioned the 60 people, because I mentioned it before I came upstairs, like well before we have this ghost in our head, Johnny got a bunch of people massacred to fail to save Alt the first time. And the memory leaves that out. He still tries to portray himself as the hero trying to stop Alt from getting soul killed. Quite a gem, quite a gem. Oh yeah, no, boy scum. His best scene is a Raymond Chandler evening. Yep. Like, for all my beef with the game, a Raymond Chandler evening is one of the single best just short quests I've played in a video game ever. Because him narrating like you are a noir protagonist is hilarious. It's one of the only quests I like in the game. I would pay for that as DLC. Like, if if it was just Keanu Reeves narrating every quest like you are a noir protagonist the entire time, I'd have paid them money for that. I would play the game if the entire game was like that. Right? Doesn't that sound great? That, that sounds That'd be fabulous. Fun. But for all for all of the problems, the is, story. Is it, sorry, is it ever explained why he's in your head? Oh yeah. Oh that's, yeah. No, that's that's, that's entirely in the first plot. act. That's okay. entirely in the first act. That's central to the plot. You're supposed to be dying from it. There is this constant story-based ticking clock that isn't. 
yeah, like the game just... is not actually forcing you to sit through timers, and it gives itself the leeway of, uh, 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 it's going to kill you eventually, don't know how long. Yeah, everything's going to kill me eventually. Eating the shit out of the vending machine is going to kill me eventually. Picking a fight with the guy down the street who's better armed than I am is going to kill me eventually. Flipping off Adam Smasher every time I see him is going to kill me eventually. But they I don't hang over me like a big sort of I can't say as I blame them for not putting a time limit on the entire game. Oh, I don't blame them for it, but it is incredibly stupid how often the game is like, don't forget, you're dying! Like, the like game sits there games, hitting its like, watch Oh, you should do the main thing. Okay, I won't. <laughs> but it's no, like, oh my god, oh my god, you're running out of time. Oh my god. And it's like, no, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. good. I'm still... I mean... They, they didn't need to state there was a timer. All... Like, all Vic had to say to you was, it looks like it's killing you. How long do I have? How long do any of us have? Well, yeah, the broader it, the it. broader thing is that it's not your body that's dying. So, like, it, that's not the concern. No, it's your brain. But that's yeah, it. it. Your, like, don't, it is your brain getting overripped. Don't club me over the head with, you are running out of time, you are going to die, and then not do anything with that? Just scream at my... Be like if every time I left my room, somebody yelled that at me. Hey, Jim, you're gonna die. I know that. I mean... I mean, I just played this, like, last week, and it really only comes up, like, once every five or so hours. I mean, I a lot of videos... I hours into that game! Five or so hours is a lot! A, a lot of video games have that problem. There's, like, Final Fantasy VII, where this is the entire second disc is about the meteor coming down. Yeah. But as far as game time, you have plenty of time because the meteor has plot armor. Like it's yeah. it's a case of like the alternative is to make a game that either like so the propellant stake is that this is a problem that needs to be solved. And like at the time at the time you're working under the illusion maybe someone knows how to fix it. And like that turns out to not be a a like viable option. But it is one of those things where it's like, okay, you have an uncertain deadline, and then you spend a lot of your time just doing whatever because you're playing a video game. I think that I get why they did it, and I don't think it necessarily underline, undermines the core tension of the plot any more than any other random given game that has side quests. Yeah, but it doesn't bolster the tension either. It just serves to be a petty inconvenience a, where you're reminded you're going to die. And then once in a while, V's vision fucks up, or you're supposedly getting sick. And it's like, I have driven all always over this plot. town. Like, it's, but, it's always for plot when that happens. Yeah, but whenever you're bringing it up for plot, and it's not really moving the plot in any substantial way, you're just reminding me of something that doesn't matter. It'd be like getting a phone call from Jackie. Hell, that would actually matter more. Like, if we're into Act 3 and I suddenly get a phone call from Jackie, that's unexpected and that's interesting. Reminding me yet again that this is killing me doesn't do anything. Like, yeah, I, I know, know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. My beef with this game, more than anything else, is its writing. You can't Patch story. I just and that's ignoring when literally I've watched textures disappear underneath me, or Ozob standing on top of Sam's car when she sinks it. I mean, that's yeah, that was great. I, I'm sorry, you're saying you can't patch story, and I'm just thinking, well, technically they did in Mass Effect Three. Yeah, but it Give, sucks. <laughs> so that, that almost more validates my claim than anything. Yeah, else. I would argue yeah. that the individual sub stories tend to have good writing, and that's where I had the most fun. And I have no beef with some of the individual stories, like. Again, I think Judy and River actually have the best quest lines in the game Absolutely. because they are the most consistent. They are the ones that draw the most emotion from to the like 
as a player, I was invested in Judy's story because, oh my God, her girlfriend gets raped and killed and she Judy just wants to protect all the other people at Cloud. She has great motivation. And if you romance her, you get so much more out of her. And Jim and I have talked about this before, but Judy gets the best ending in the whole game. She gets to leave. She gets to leave. She is the perfect example of what you want in this kind of story. You empathize with her. You understand her motivations. Everything that you do with her actually matters. And it's meaningful. And that's where my beef with most of the main plot of the game is. is because you give me something wonderful like that, and then you make me play the rest of your shitty main quest that doesn't have the same kind of impact. I love River's storyline for similar reasons. You know, with River, you've got, you know, it's his nephew? Nephew? Yeah. Yeah, it's his nephew. His nephew gets kidnapped. You know, he's on a, he's being mutilated on a farm, potentially, you know, and you're solving a crime. And that's great noir. And it is thrilling. Oh, yeah, no. Anytime I got to do something with River, I knew it was going to be exciting. I knew that I was going to be engaged. And that's where a lot of my frustration comes from because it's so few and far between. Like, Ozob's story is great. It's stupid. It's the right kind of stupid that you want. I need to go um, pick up a pizza. Explosion. I need to go pick up a pizza. What did you do in there? Shut up and drive. I mean, I my mind glitched out, my, so I couldn't finish the quest. Well, that's because uh, I rolled your car into the river. <laughs> so, yeah, so and then I was walking on water. <laughs> Here's where we depart. Like, I, I personally, like, River was fine. Not, not like, a favorite, not a dis- an unfavorite. Just sort of, that was that was the quest line. But the, the, the thing that I think that we sort of did depart on is that I enjoyed the main story because it is a, it is mostly focused on being just sort of, and like when, when it gets down to what it's emotionally tied to, it is Johnny Silverhand and how much of a dirtbag he is and what that means for like the legacy he left behind and how much the game is fundamentally obsessed with legacies. And I thought that that was interesting. I don't like him per se, but I find him interesting to watch and listen to. And that was good enough for me to find the main story compelling. But what is Johnny's legacy? His legacy is that he's actually not much of a legacy other than being a huge piece of shit that got a lot of people killed. But but that's it. But, like, even then, okay, like, there's one guy who knows who he is because he's still hawking band merch. There's Rogue, who really should have gotten over it, and why the fuck are so many of the people from the afterlife still around and still important. It's been 50 years. And She's a hot old lady. But the fourth corporate war wasn't Johnny. Johnny was in it. Johnny was part of the Alpha Strike team, sure. But there was a bunch of other people there too. Like Johnny indirectly and directly got a bunch of people killed and otherwise got forgotten. He's got no legacy. He's maybe got one or two good touring to, albums. And he is having to, in real time, come to terms with the fact that he doesn't really have one. Yeah, but he's not even Johnny. It's a thing that thinks it's Johnny. And I he mean, even that's has the to old cyberpunk that. saw of what 
counts as a person. Yeah, well, that's the argument of the self, but that... Like, we can, we can have, like, how much you're willing to accept that, like, oh, is this really Johnny or not, is also going to, de uh, like, determine yeah. whether you care. Well, do you believe in a soul, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's the drive itself. I'd say, like, my, my argument would be, he's Johnny enough, that's what matters. It's interesting enough to watch him come to terms with, certainly he thinks of that as his past, good enough. <laughs> his multiple choice past. His multiple choice passed, but plenty of people have very self-serving memories anyway, so... To yeah. the point where he's literally remembering people claiming he's never met, and they're next to him in the helicopter. Yeah. Self-serving sort of person. <laughs> so we've put a lot into the story, for better and for worse. What about the gameplay? How does the game play? When uh, a bunch of mini Deus Ex missions... When it's working, when it's working, it's actually, it's it's all right. Like, I I will give them some rope for having to figure out how to make first person out of that engine. Like, like that that couldn't have been easy. But that was a parent, that seems to have been a choice made specifically to make it look less like The Witcher. Even then, like, Branch Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm right? just saying it was, it was a choice they made. <laughs> it was a decision. But it's like, it's, for the most part, it works at times. The melee combat kind of sucks. But first-person melee combat kind of sucks. It works well enough to get you through if that's how you choose to spec. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not it's not spectacular. It's not a thrill. Um, gunplay is good. The gunplay is good. Yeah. I'll give it that. It shoots fine. Yeah. <laughs> I... The game barely worked for me, so that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, no. Are you playing on PS4? I hope so. I was. PS4, oh, no. Because that's yeah, the other no. thing, is that, like, I did play the launch build, but I played it on PS5. See, I played it both on PC and on PS4. On PS4, in 12 hours, it crashed six times. And on my Frankenstein PC, it was all right if buggy. It's, yeah, that was one of the things, like, it, and this is one of those things where it's, like, there's all sorts of, like, internal reasons why this happened. There's all sorts of marketing reasons why this happened. It should not have ever released on Xbox One or PS4. Uh, yeah. There was just Absolutely. too much money. There was too much yeah, money. There, there was, the there was, they, had, they had literal deals in place that, like, there was a Cyberpunk 2020, 2077 uh, Xbox One X that you could buy that Christmas. And it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that. no, that's... <laughs> That's entirely back-end shit, but, like, the moment you sat down with any of those, you're like, no, this doesn't work. Yeah, no, like, the, it, it, in an ideal world, it simply just would not have released for either of those platforms. No. Like, even so if you couldn't change anything else about it. It was no, supposed to be more for, sorry, it was supposed to be more for a PS4 Pro or whatever that last model was. It doesn't even run well on yeah. those. No. Okay. I'd argue it should have just been a PC release and then considered for next-gen console, but that's it. It should... Last-gen consoles couldn't handle it. They, okay. they, they, they kept dutifully it. patching it up to this year on those consoles, and it still doesn't run well. It just yeah. wasn't. No. It just was not Yikes. possible. No, it was, like, it was not for lack of trying to get it to work. And that's even a pared-down version of some of the features that they had originally wanted to include, right? Like, that, that's other things. There was things they'd wanted to do. They went, we can't do that in this window. Cut it out. And you still couldn't get what we got working on last-gen. And, and see, yeah, part of my thing with the game... As much as I'm being hard on it, half of my quests glitched out. So how am I supposed to enjoy this game? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, wow. I couldn't even get Sinnerman to work. I mean, I've learned oh, Sinnerman is... Sinnerman's is, really good. I hated Sinnerman. I had a lot of fun with Sinnerman. I just... My, my glitch literally was I got into the vehicle and then it immediately failed the quest on me. 
I didn't even touch anything. It just said, you fail. And the guy goes, fuck you. And then he blew up my van. <laughs> right? So I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this quest. So I went and I looked at a guide. And no, my quest was just literally glitched. Because yeah. <laughs> when on I reloaded to another save file, it happened on again. First, on my first run through, I think I had one or two quests bug. But on my most recent run, like for what it's worth, on the most recent patch, I haven't seen a single one bug. Like I've seen bugs, but I haven't seen a quest fail or like otherwise become uncompletable. Yeah, no, I had multiple instances of that, which definitely for me ruined the experience. <laughs> well, and when you get stuff, it's like, how does that even go live? And I know how. I know how. The game did not have nearly enough QA. Like, oh, it had plenty of QA. They knew what was wrong with it. Okay, fair. They said we're releasing it anyway. Yeah, poor phrasing on my part. It was not a lack of QA. It was a lack of action on the QA. Yeah. I, did, I, did, I, I try to emphasize that because it is such an old saw of, like, did they test this? It's like, all oh, those poor QA bastards knew all about this. Yeah, no, no. I, there is no reality where I'm going to rag on QA staff. QA staff mm -hmm. are worth their weight in gold. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't the joke with the Witcher games that they're always good after they're patched several times? It, it got less bad. Like, the first Witcher is real bad before the Enhanced Edition. Like, that version's real buggy, but no one gave a shit at the time because it was from a Polish studio they'd never heard of and based on a novel they've never read. Yeah. And so it was on PC slide, and people right? expected a little bit of Euro jank in it. Yeah. 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 It was you, like okay. saying that it's, it was like being pissed off that Gothic didn't work right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, by, by Witcher 2, like it, it certainly like it, it got patches and it kind of needed them, but it was not like broken and Witcher 3, same thing, like not broken in the same way that Cyberpunk was, especially on PS4 and Xbox One. I mean, they pulled it from the PS, the PlayStation store. That's how that, bad that, it was. That always yeah. struck me as extremely yeah. rich because Sony knew exactly what they were releasing. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sony, Sony just got fed up with the requests. I'm sure they got fed up with the request, but they the the press release they put out like, "Oh, we are shocked at the yeah, this is so standards quality. we didn't expect like, it." Motherfucker, like, you knew what this was. You you know, they didn't know there was any gambling going on there, David. They didn't know. No way to know. No, exactly. Sony, Sony, not knowing what's going on their product. I mean, they're they're just a small Japanese company, just I, just flim flammed by these big Eastern <laughs> European. Yeah. I mean, have you seen some of the shit that's on PSN these days? Yep. Some pretty shovelware trophy farming stuff. Oh, uh, no, they're getting rid of that. It's fixed. It's all oh. going to be fixed. <laughs> Good. It's, it's all quality now. It's okay. all quality. Sure. Please You're continue dead. to spend money on random PSN games. <laughs> Your money is safe in Sony's bank account. No, it is. Now, tell me more about the character building. What kind of character you can create with this? So you don't really have defined classes the way that you do in the tabletop game. Uh, you do have a lot of options for uh, whether you want to focus on like quick hacks and sort of uh, a like there's there's the basic like I'm gonna be a shoot man I'm gonna be the uh, I'm gonna be a stealth boy I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be a gunslinger I'm gonna throw katanas around because uh, you know I'm a dork uh, and I had a hundred thousand dollar knife that I would use to kill poor people with <laughs> okay I've got I, I was playing a corpo I had a throwing knife that I was worth a hundred thousand dollars I would I would throw that at poor people waiting outside the knife shop and then I would go buy another one. 
I do appreciate that's what you do that they, when you're rich. <laughs> that that does make sense. I'm just imagining because so, they did eventually one of the things that they did in the many rounds of patches was they were like throwing knives suck shit and eventually added in a perk that just makes it so that when you throw a knife after a cooldown, it just randomly appears back in your hand. Yeah, I was mad about that. I'm like, no, I don't want that knife back. That knife is then, used. Then I'm not throwing a not used that knife perk. at someone. I'm going to go buy another $100,000 knife and use it to kill another poor person. Thank you very much. And first off, we didn't embrace the Elon Musk way of thinking. And second, he's he's in that. He was in the bathroom when I was throwing up. Somebody pointed that cameo out to me, and I'm like, "So, is there an option where we can just reskin everybody as him? Is that a thing I can do?" I would suddenly be doing a lot less non-lethal takedowns. Right? Uh. Can you kill him in the bathroom? No, you're not armed. Oh darn! Like this is entirely intro sequence where it's like. You're talking to Jackie, you vomited in the sink, you're taking a bunch of drugs, because you're a corpo. Oh, and... no wonder I didn't see that. I didn't take the corpo route. Okay, that uh, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, corpo was the first thing I ran, because, hey, we're doing cyberpunk. I need to be the worst human imaginable. And corpo's got, okay, from a story character perspective, corpo's got great options, because one of the things the game gives you a lot of as you're plugging along, you're talking to people, and you will periodically see your life path come up as an optional conversation piece. So, during that Act 1 mission where you're hanging out with Jackie, and you're making your way into our socket tower, and you're like, okay, we gotta get in here, we gotta do this, and you go to a clerk, and she's like, oh, I don't, I don't have your name in the registry, and it's, hey, honey, it's fine, you know, can you check again? And the corporate, who are you? Who is your boss? I will get you both fired. And she kind of takes a step back, and you're like, no, seriously, I'm there. Get the hell out of my way. And I'm like, this is great. I'm the worst person imaginable. I wish this is what more, I should be. I wish there was more uses for that, though, in the game. There really wasn't a lot of moments where, like, you could use your life path yeah. in scenarios. Nomad gets it a lot. Nomad gets it's, it a lot. It, well, because uh, I noticed this because I did a Street Kid run after. Street Kid doesn't, and Street Kid should actually get it a lot more often. Like Corpo gets it, it a lot. Like the last, it was. It feels like it was the bottom rung of the priority list. They were just like Street Kids, the generic one. They don't get to say things, and then like Nomad and Corpo both have a lot of things. But, they can, but yeah. I feel but like that's, as a Street Kid, I should problem. be able to grift, and I should be able to. Well, again, you I should know have more contacts, too. right? Like I should have more information to work with. Well, you're um, walking up to somebody else on the street, and you're like, "Hey, you're you're Rodrigo's cousin, right? Oh yeah, what are you doing here?" Like, stuff like that. You're from Night City. You're from the ground level of Night City. You should kind of know everybody. I get why they didn't do it, and also it was probably just another casualty of the game being rushed. It is a shame, but it does run into this issue of, like, your character knows things that you don't, and that can be a problem. (laughs) Yeah. But, But I feel like there was lots of moments of that in the game. Like, there are so many moments as a person who's never played the tabletop game you know, who had no familiarity, there were lots of moments in the game where it would try to throw out bits from the tabletop game or throw out bits from other properties. And I'd sit there being like, why does this matter to me? I don't actually have any context for this. Um, And it happened a lot. And that was something that actually bothered me too. Unless I was like reading like codexes and shit like that, 
that was the only way I was getting information or to have to ask Scott or Jim when they were, because I'd be like, I don't understand why this matters or why I should care. So all uh, that's, of my cyberpunk knowledge presentation. Is, is all of my cyberpunk knowledge is ex post facto. I like looked it up later when I, when certain things picked my curiosity. And, I feel like you shouldn't have to do that. Well, that was the point I was going to make is the only thing that I really felt like you really fell down on this is that they don't really like Adam Smasher ends up becoming very like, you know, he's kind of centralized as like, well, what are we going to have for a final boss? You're going to fight Adam Smasher. And like, they don't make that something that is of interest to someone who does not already care about cyberpunk. Well, and the fault there is it kind of doesn't make sense. If you do like, Smasher's an attack dog. That's all he's ever been. He's a psychopath. The only person he's got any investment in was Morgan. Morgan's not there, so they gotta rewrite him so he cares about Johnny. So he's got some weird-ass rivalry there. And then, yeah, he's the final boss. I, I, I used to work on a YouTube channel. I used to do scripts for them. And at one point, somebody asked me how easy it would be, like, in tabletop rules, to kill Smasher. Like, they're like, okay, no, seriously. If this, if we were sitting at the table, how doable would it be for V to kill him? And I'm like, it's not possible. Yeah, you don't. Like, Smasher That's... is a tank that walks like a man. It's he, just he, not doable. He, he's supposed to be one of those characters that's like, you know, the, the you know, rules for, like, fighting gods or rules for fighting Cthulhu. It's like, you lose. You don't yeah. win. Like, that. that's it. Like, the um, Dione he's rocking at the end of the fourth corporate war, you can't take down with anything less than an anti-tank rifle. And that gets into it. That doesn't kill him. That's enough it to just, hurt It's the him. only thing that pierces that. Yeah. And so like, that, we go that fight is, him at the end, and he's a joke? Like, like, that is the thing that I feel is the most confused about the final product in terms of who it's for. Because, like, the idea of taking down Atom Smasher because of the way that the game is presented, and they try to fix this ex post facto with uh, Edge Runners, because Edge Runners brings in, if you sympathize with the characters of Edge Runners, you will suddenly have a very strong reason to not like Atom Smasher when you finish. It's them ex post facto trying to fix the problem that they have narratively. Yeah. But, uh, like, the, the issue is that Adam Smasher's inclusion is a deeply confused one, because it's one of those things where it's like, the idea is that it's something that, like, theoretically, someone who played the tabletop game would be like, hell yeah, I can I can take down this guy that is supposed to be impossible, but then, like, the fight isn't hard enough for that to matter, and also, like, they're going to be the ones that point out that the fight's not hard enough for that to matter. Why would? Yeah. And, like, for the new players, they don't care. It doesn't mean anything to kill Adam Smasher, because who the fuck is Adam Smasher? He appeared in, like, three scenes. He nope. stares at you through a television screen, and it's like, oh, does that mean anything? Adam Smasher is an attack dog. Adam Smasher can definitely see you in the television screen. Adam Smasher doesn't care. Yeah. Adam Smasher does not care. And, and, like, that's correct, but it doesn't give the player anything to... No, exactly. <laughs> like, there's no connection there. Like, yeah, he's loosely to blame for Jackie's death, but the but entire no more than job... more 90% of the other things you were doing. <laughs> yeah, like, this job from start to finish is to blame for Jackie's death. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more to, like, it's, it's not really possible to emotionally satisfyingly wrap up Jackie's death, because the reason that Jackie's, Jackie died is the way Jackie lived and the, yeah. like, job you chose to take. The guy that you theoretically would be most pissed at was the one that got, like, ganked the second that you got back. And Well, okay, Dexter Deshaun getting absolutely iced was satisfying. But that's yeah, a good bit. Because, <laughs> like, it is also a good reminder that, like, this was seen as, like, oh, you're moving up in the world, and it's like, this guy ain't shit. 
Yep. <laughs> That's a good bit I will give them, but it is also one of the situations where, like, for that good bit, there is zero people that you can really blame other than, well, that was a poor choice. <laughs> yeah, it's... And I don't think it's... I don't think it undoes the game. Like, obviously, I'm the one that likes it. I don't think it undoes the game. I don't think it wrecks the game. But I do see, like, 100%, like, this was a misstep. This was not how to, like, successfully, satisfyingly close this. I get the Im- the impulse to be like, yeah, and then you're going to take down, like, the st- one of the strongest characters in the entire setting. And it's like, okay, I, I get the impulse. You should have. You should have bit it back. Well, it's like it doesn't matter because we also we wind up fighting a bipedal tank around there anyway. That was more interesting. <laughs> well, that's it. Like when you're breaking anytime you break into a high end Arsaka facility, if you're in there long enough, they send the not metal gears after you. And it's like, OK, these are kind of cool to fight. They're a little bit difficult. You know, you've got to dump a few quick hacks into them and maybe use something strong. How Smasher any different other than there's guns in his room? Blue. Well, that's it. It's like you didn't need Smasher. You didn't need anything other than just wave after wave of your own men, right? Like you just needed goons. But we have to have a final boss because it's a video game and you have to have the power fantasy. And then why not have Smasher be Nemesis? Like, you know what? Smash would be stalking. Like he's trying to find the he's the one looking for the biochip, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, like, I've complained about the time before, but one of the things that I've kind of thought about in Extant is, no, Arasaka controls Night City. Arasaka controls Night City. Top to bottom, start to finish. basically just a Night City. It's basically just a city-state of Arasaka. Well, yeah, they sponsored the rebuild of it. Militech is there because it's on American soil and they can't really get Militech out which is not in any way properly addressed in the game at all. Yeah, that was a thing I didn't understand at all. <laughs> yeah, no, like Militech's just kind of there despite being the second biggest corporation in existence. But it's like Arasaka controls everything. V disappears off the grid. No, he fucking doesn't. They have your head in a jar in under a week. So rather than do the timeline thing, it's no, they're like, okay, we're trying to be quiet about this in the way Arasaka is quiet when they send Adam Smasher to do anything. And they just go, Adam, find him and kill him. Take the head back. That's the only part we want. So you want to do an implicit, you're running out of time, you're constantly on the run. Safe houses are getting destroyed. He just keeps showing the fuck up like some big metal Kool-Aid man wrecking your shit. So by the time you get to the end of the game and you're confronting him in the hall, now it's your opportunity. Now you've turned the table. Like, you're stronger, you're better, you're tougher. It's you've been chasing me. Well, fucker, let's dance. But we don't get that. Again, he kind of kills Jackie, kind of. We have to steal Johnny's car from his boat and then hey adam what you doing well there's this time that i may have implicitly raped rogue but we're not actually going to say that we're going to dance around that i'm a shithead she's dead fight me okay uh, it, it sounds to me like if, if you're playing a D game and then suddenly a powerful character like vecna or uh Sarek, the lich shows up out of nowhere and you could just two shot him yeah yeah it's a yeah it's down to the nature of like choosing to use this character as a final boss in a game where they're like it's very easy to become overpowered in this game because it's got a lot of side content a lot more side content than it has main story content like yeah to, to, to put this into some perspective, like, you could probably shotgun the main story content in, like, 20 hours. It's 
it's you know certainly not nothing, but it is by this kind of RPG standards, the main compulsory content is actually quite short. Uh, another remnant, likely of you know the game just being pushed out the door. Uh, if you choose to engage with the side content, which, where a lot of the more com- a lot of compelling quests are housed, you're going to run into you're you're going to rapidly outpace what the story content is set to give you, and so. The, the Atom Smasher fight is balanced for people who didn't do any side content, but anyone who cares about the game enough to reach the ending will have done enough side content that Atom Smasher is no longer a fight. Yeah, yeah the balancing in that game is <laughs> something else. And I and mean, like, it's on top I, of the, the acts themselves, right? Like, you're absolutely right. You could totally blitz it in 20 hours. But even just the balancing of content between the acts is problematic it's in its own two. sense. Because it's just, again, you have pretty, like, again, act one is pretty well weighted. Act two is a disaster in terms of, like... It is what, weirdly long. It's, well, it's weirdly long. Act and two again, is most of the game. Yeah. <laughs> It's close to the game, but like when you look at the actual main story quests, you're not really doing much. No, like, <laughs> and then you get you're to just the last chasing, act You're basically just, like, just chasing a bunch of different weird odd jobs in the hopes that yeah. someone around will know what to do with the chip in your brain. And then, and the then just we stumbled on the solution. A. Somebody done. finally found the endotron. Pull the lever. Like that's it. No, and it just is so messy. <laughs> And I agree that it's messy, and, like, I understand your dislike. It's just a case of almost every RPG's story is super messy. Oh, of course! Of course! And And it's just down to how much do you engage with the parts that are interesting. And evidently I engaged a lot more with, like, Johnny Silverhand and, like, the story around him than what ended up being interesting. I did all of the Johnny quests. I'm not saying you didn't do it. I'm saying you weren't interested in it. I just went, you're not giving me a reason to give a fuck. I get he's scum, but he's he's kind of boring scum. I mean, I put I put a hundred hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that game's also I can't a disaster. Just imagine that. But that's what I mean. That game's also a disaster for similar reasons. But again, it's like you said: if you engage in the side content, the side content the side has content the better. Has a lot. The side content has a lot of strong points, and it's also yeah, like it's really going to be. Do you, do you end up put? Which put Jim aside because he knows a lot about the tabletop. Uh, for for the the kind of person that hasn't engaged with the tabletop, how much you end up caring about like the the weird shithead living in your brain is going to end up coloring a lot about how much huh. you end up caring about the main story. And I mean, one of the other unique glitches I got in the game had to do with Carrie. Like one of the actual bits in the game I liked is the bit where V gets to go play with the band. Oh yeah. And what pissed me off. Just another, like, you know, knife in the coffin for this game for me. People I got the glitch. <laughs> I do. I stab everything. I'm a murder Look, um, sometimes you just got to make sure they're dead. You got to make sure Mr. Burns is dead. He's the head vampire, after all. Crotch. Regardless, one of the glitches I got so that I couldn't finish the quest, they're like, oh, it takes about an in-game week before Carrie calls you back. Oh, no. Carrie never called me back. I put in you another... got ghosted by Carrie. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, exactly, right? Like, fuck you, Carrie. But also, like, I put 20 extra hours after that to never have him call me. And I'm like, I said to Jim, I go, you know, like, fuck, was I... Did I miss something? And he's like, no, Carrie should have called you by now, like to do but the next part of the quest. And I was even like, that was buggy for me because yeah, it was supposed to be a week, and I burned literally a week's worth of in-game time, and nothing happened. And then yeah. I went and did something at random because I'd already done literally every side quest. See, I think I, I went never, for it. I never got it at all. <laughs> But that was it. Like, that call came randomly. So something about the flag on that is wrong. Well, that was it. Because when you were the... like, I got it. And I was like, fuck you. I didn't. I'm still <laughs> playing. The... He's never called me. I would imagine that there's something there's something fucky with how they've set up getting calls. Because they're all, they all the ones that, like, come in that way. Because, like, the, there's a quest that you get. There are some quests that you get from the Nomads once their string ceases to be required and becomes optional that come in the same way where it's like someone calls you after a day or so or something. And all of those, like I would, you know, I just wanted to get, I just wanted to play efficiently. So it's just like, I'll just drive off and then uh, kill some time and then come back. And like, none of them ever came in on a specific time. So I think that there is, or was something extremely fucky about the way that they try to like script getting calls in a way to make it so that they won't just immediately bombard you once you've uh, exited like a time, anything that jumps time forward that ultimately seems to have probably been at least part of the bug there. Even so, I'm fuck not saying off, that like, like, no. I'm just saying no, like, I think that's what happened. It's, as a yeah. player, it's incredibly frustrating to have to go look up a guide to be like, did I do something wrong? Only to be like, no, you literally did exactly what the guide said. And that sucks. And then and put I'm 20 hours in to still get nothing. <laughs> And, and like, that sucks, and yeah. I'm sorry that that happened, but it's also one of those things where it's like, my best advice would be something that no one would ever have an issue with now, which is, you can't really play it unpatched, you're not going to. Well, yeah, that, that that's like on par with, I think it I think it was you, Matt, that spent several days trying to unlock something in Rune Factory 4 and it never triggered? Or am I thinking yeah, there something? was no 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 it was and i even had it in my review and later i needed to go back like it didn't show on the map um the map wasn't like big enough so i spent like i, I was going along 30 hour mark great doing all these side quests and everything and then it just stopped and i was like you know i was so busy playing and i was trying to do for review and after like another 20 hours i was like damn i haven't been offered a side quest in forever i've seen no event flagging anywhere and Shit. it's because it was on a little corner of the map that you would normally not go to okay and the map didn't zoom out and yeah the flag was there but it was so far away it wasn't in the town so it's like okay that's that that was just a bad place to put it because why would I have ever gone there? I see. I thought and there that was there no was indication that ever happened there. Uh, I thought that there was something about triggering a condition or something to get to, to, to like the third part, third post credit. Oh, 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 that's from uh, Rune Factory Four. And yeah. yes, there is a big problem with that on the 3DS. That did get fixed with the Switch because I triggered that sucker like the day it could have happened. And, and I know which yeah, one you're talking about. And that yeah. was my review. God, that's why I. I ripped it an asshole. It, the I, I know this is made me very miserable. I, I know this yep. is a side tangent, but it's just reminding me of that where you know you you met the conditions for doing something and it's just not triggering. And in that case, it was RNG, and in this case, it was a glitch. Yep. Either way, it's frustrating. It still sours the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is it. I feel like if I didn't have such a okay, actually no. 
There were things that would have been slightly better for me had things worked, right? That's, that's, I don't think it would have fixed my whole experience with cyberpunk, but I think I would have had a better time gameplay wise if the things I needed worked. (laughs) And most of the time they didn't. And it made for funny glitches and it made for, well, Carrie ghosting me. Right. He is the type, though. I know. I'm not saying he's not. Let's not pretend he's not. I'm not saying he's not, but it is one of those. I have so much frustration with this game because there is a part of me that sees how it could have been a really fantastic experience. And I look at the parts of the game that I did enjoy, like the quest lines that I enjoyed, and I'm like, this is fantastic writing. It's very smart. I care about what's happening. I look at the majority of the main plot and it's like, no, there is nothing here that is compelling. And again, I think, yes, if you like Johnny Silverhand, that can play a factor into it. But I think centering the whole game around Johnny is actually also a problem because it's a choice at the very least. And I'm going to just say, I don't think it was a good choice. I, I personally think it worked, but that's pretty much obvious at this stage. So, <laughs> well, no, I, it's fine if you agree with that. Yeah, I'm, no, I, I'm for, just saying, like, for a lot of people, that was a major complaint, though. Yeah, like, it's, my, it's my best friend, my best friend care. was the reviewer for Game Informer, and even she said she was like, no, she's like, I don't feel motivated. I spent 70 hours with this, and I spent most of it just kind of going, I don't care. And I don't like playing a game where I come out of it just kind of going, I don't care. I want to care. Well, that's you know the role of the story. The story is supposed to make you care. And, and that's it. I play RPGs for story. I play open world games to fuck around and, of course, to make bad glitches happen because I seem to be prone to that. But I still want to have an element of care in what I'm doing. And I think that is my core frustration with this game is I did a bunch of stuff and just kind of went, well, I did stuff. I don't care. And I wish that I could feel something for what is happening in the game. Like, I'm empathic. So for me, I want to care about what's happening. Like, when I met Rogue for the first time, I did not give a shit. It's like, oh, it's Rogue. She's a big fucking deal. And I went, you're not giving me enough information to care about why she's a big deal. And again, it's those kinds of missteps where they want you to kind of be familiar with the material, but kind of not, that I find infuriating with this game. And I like the gameplay. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I like doing lots of, like, messy takedowns and stuff like that. Like, that gave me pure joy. But the gameplay was not enough for me because I care about story. Um, I was about to ask, um, how interesting is Night City to explore? See, for me, I found it bland. But for other, maybe yeah, we kind of we kind of went into this. Well, so Night City suffers due to, very much due to the engine in that regard. Night City's vertical. Night City is really vertical. Night City is this huge, sprawling metropolis in the desert with streets going in every direction. And just gleaming skyscrapers of hologram and steel. And you walk around on the ground, you drive your car. Periodically, you still get texture glitches where the ground literally disappears underneath you and you fall to the void. Like, it is broken up. Yeah, no, it is broken up by rivers and pathways in the water that are the result originally of the bay being emptied and then filled in when a nuke leveled the center part of the city and then filled in again like night city night city should be its own personality night city should be a 
character. Arguably, that first trailer, like the first really good trailer where they talk about the City of Dreams and everything else, kind of tells you that Night City wants to be someone. And it's largely not. I mean, the districts are really cleanly cut and defined. Like, you mentioned Saints Row earlier. It's very much that in that regard. Like, it's just, no, it's here, it's there, it's this, it's that. And to a point, that is accurate to the source material because, yeah, you are going to cordon off your corporate zones for, from the riffraff and the rabble. How dare the poor people go to the rich area? Poor people can't exist in the business district. Are you crazy? But, like, there's a lack of personality in a lot. And what's, okay, the main story is trash. <laughs> the side quests are fantastic in that route. Like, some of the side quests, some of the, even just the little ones. There is a guy that you meet in the corporate center who tries to basically teach you mindfulness through elemental experiences. So, like, fire and water and wind and earth. And you travel all over the greater Night City area, meeting this weird monk. And you sit down with him and you brain dance through this experience and he's just gone. And it's this ridiculous quest that starts in Corporate Center. And he's, nobody would let this man in there. Security would have had him shot immediately. But he's there and you're not even sure if he's real. And it's a hoot. But a lot of Night City, a, there are elements to Night City that should have more punch and they don't. There are things that have punch only if you already know. Like, there is a Biotechnica farm to the south. Sam, do you know who Biotechnica is? Yes. Thank you. Now. <laughs> Dave, did you know who Biotechnica was when you sat down and played the game? Nope. Figured yeah. it out fairly quickly because, you know, everything else about the game, but yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> But BT has this huge farm in the south. It's mm. used It's used in your Nomad intro. It's used in, like, yeah. one other side quest. But it's, like, what, a full third of that southern sector. And it's just land. It's just, it's empty space. There's areas, there's very clearly areas out in the map that they intend to use for DLC. Because if you're not paying attention, driving like a maniac through the desert, as one does, uh, you will periodically hit a wall of nothing that says you can't go here. Yeah. And, like you're not on the edge of the, the map. DLC plans significantly to one expansion, but yeah. Yeah, but like specifically, okay, I am I'm visualizing my map of Night City. Uh, if you head northeast out of Night City, straight into the desert, like go dead center of Night City. Yeah, there's just go not much. northeast. There is just something in the desert where there is nothing in the desert. It's but a wall. And you can hit it really easily. The desert's the most fun to drive around. Like Inner Night City. It, shit out. <laughs> yeah, but that Inner Night City is not actually a good driving experience in general. Yeah, that's why I very quickly like got uh, got high jump legs and just started hoofing it around it, a lot it, of places. It, it's especially terrible trying to drive around Night City in a car. Yeah, yeah, you should some motorcycles really quickly. I yeah, grabbed, you just you just skipped a motorcycle. <laughs> I there is a Shion that you can get from the Nomads that's moderately expensive. That is a gorgeous, gorgeous car that is way too fast and is glued to the road. And like you can't roll it unless you try. And I love that car to death. And driving it in Night City is a waste of time. You just hit a bike so you can start driving on other cars. Get the fuck out of town and just start driving in the desert. And the desert is fun to explore. And Night City is, it's not even heartless, it's not even soulless. It doesn't feel as empty as a cyberpunk metropolis should. It doesn't feel crushing. It just feels dull, it just feels uh, bland. Very, very different takes. Like for, for me, like I enjoyed the, the stint out in the desert as an excuse to have a different set of scenes, but I was generally happier in Night City personally. There's a lot of just things to find by ducking through alleys and shit, and that's what I enjoyed, so that's all I can say. 
Um, and see, that makes me wonder if I found them just because I was going. Because <laughs> that's uh, exploration is what I do. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of my problem was with everything being so cleanly district to district to district. Like, I'd just be out for a walk. Like, uh, I don't remember which district it's in. Where you get brain jacked. You, you brain dance from an idiot. You get jacked. You wake up in a freezer. You have both your kidneys, so it can't be that bad. You fight your way through some mooks, find the guy, get your gear back, and are basically given the option to let him live or execute him and leave him in the dirt like everybody else because life is cheap and meaningless in Night City. <laughs> and that one was fun. I definitely killed that guy. I think I let him live because I thought he was so poor it wasn't worth the bullets. Because <laughs> no, literally every corpo far, decision was based on value. <laughs> Yeah, but you see, you actually played it like a character. I was just like, you stole from me, you bitch, because I'm a street kid. And that's, but that's playing your character with value. <laughs> it's like, you stole from me, fuck you. That does feel very street kid, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things, like, one of the things I found that I really appreciated about Night City uh, that, like, wasn't available in the desert was the that Night City actually, I, I generally was continually surprised at how many, like, t- tiny quests that do not matter would have, you know, multiple angles of approach. And, like, sometimes that breaks down. Sometimes they will, you will have abilities that the game does not account for, and you approach in a way that the game super does not want you to do. But more often than not, I found that, like, if I approached something from a weird angle and did a quest in a way that was a little, you know, not completely unorthodox, but it was like, huh, I wonder if I can sneak in this way. It's like, oh, yeah, you can. Good work. <laughs> I think that's how I broke the game half the time. <laughs> I found well, a lot of... now. <laughs> a lot of the subquests early on are kind of like that, and then the later ones were just go here, kill everybody. Like, the number of go to this location... And just slaughter goons. And I mean, that's especially true of the gigs because the gigs are almost randomly yeah. generated. <laughs> but like as I said at the beginning, I choose violence. I am a man who likes violence in my video games. But that gets dull. <laughs> like you gotta spice it up, guys. Like the way I would describe it, in part because of how the game is structured, with so little compulsory content and so much side content, is that I treated the game like a buffet or it's just like okay i'm gonna do this 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 and this because that was interesting and now that i'm basically stuffed i'm just gonna go finish yeah <laughs> and i think that's and probably the best the, the the kindest to the game way to engage with it and there's not any reputation or morality system there's some reputations there's no morality meter there is a reputation meter but that is just gonna go up as you do things yeah okay. it never goes down that is yeah. your street rep and all that really confers is your ability to buy better gear. Buy better uh, gear, and I think certain quests, like gig-level quests, are locked behind it, which the gigs are basically just semi, like, almost randomly generated. Yeah. Like, it's, the game, I've, I've argued before, and this is entirely tabletop experience, saying, no, seriously, if you were going to put in something like this, you should have. There should have been something akin, rather than morality, because asking for morality in a cyberpunk setting. It doesn't really just, make sense. Yeah, no, don't do that. But doing something akin to fame or infamy. Like, like if you do the of... job to the terms, hey, people know you're reliable, they're going to hire you again. If they're like, be quiet, and you go in and slaughter everybody, you're unreliable, but there's always a use for a maniac. Like, have it kind of slide that way. And individual quests can at like them having had maybe some intentions for this because there will be quests where you're told like please don't kill this person and then like if you do they'll 
get a, get in your and it's like I'm gonna pay you, but fuck you for doing that. Well, and it's like that... some quests do that, but they don't have like a unified idea of like this becomes your reputation. I, I had that happen a lot, and it kind of pissed me off because it's like, wouldn't you just not want to call me? <laughs> well, and no, those were two of my problems. Like those are those are common early on. There's the there's the martial arts teacher that you've got to get out from uh from the tigers and they're like be sneaky get in get him out no problem and if you do it quietly they're like hey great job we're definitely going to call you back if you go in and kill literally every one of them they're very angry they only reduce your payout but like you don't get the bonus and they still hire you back it's a very it's a very modern game concern of we made content and we don't want people to be to be locked out of content, so we'll just let them do it anyway. And it's we'll like, just shake our fist angrily at you and still we'll slide just cut, the cut you bucks. for doing it. And yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, yeah, I'm I'm used to that in games. It, it's not ideal, but I'm just kind of. Eh. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where you know what? Fail the quest, but allow me to take it again. Like I'd be fine with that kind of a break in timeline like you're gonna keep doing it until you do it right because there's another one you got to break into a club and you got to make your way all the way through the club very careful very sneaky you gotta look like the, you gotta look the part you gotta make sure nobody sees you and the first time i did that i walked in with i don't remember all the quick hacks i had i had a bunch and it was just i quick hacked this one guy and it killed literally everyone <laughs> Because oh, it was just like the spread out shit. So everybody's dead. And I go and I find the guy that I need to talk to. And I talk to him and I leave. And they're very angry that I killed like 30 people on a stealth mission by accident. They still paid me though. So I'm like, how mad can you actually be? Like you should have just failed me and reloaded the instance. No, like, that I would have been more wagged. fine with. You got a finger wag instead. Yeah, no, exactly. But they super don't want to put you in a situation where you just can't do the quest if you aren't spec into stealth. So they end up with this shit. Well, well, I played on PlayStation, so I couldn't do half the quests yeah. anyway. You can do them at all, so a difference doesn't make. <laughs> At least I can laugh about it now. That's true. <laughs> um, speaking of DLC, did you guys do any of the DLC, or were you just done at that point? I downloaded it again after oh. I had heard everything in regards to Edge Runners, and I booted the game up, and I had heard just wall-to-wall praise. Oh my God, they fixed everything. Everything's fantastic. It's so great. You're gonna love it. And I booted the game up. And I tried to drive my car, and there was a hole in the world, and I fell through it. In all the time that I had been playing on both PC and PS4, I had never once encountered... I have encountered textures loading in late. I have encountered invisible cars. I've been killed by people that don't exist. I never encountered a scenario where the texture literally did not load, and I fell into the void. So when that happened, I went, yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine on PS5. That's all I can say. Yeah. It was but, weird uh, playing it even at launch on Xbox Series X. Like I, I think it, I think it crashed on me like twice, and really didn't hit any glitches. On really didn't hit any major glitches. It was just weird. I don't know if I was just lucky, or the Xbox version was like better than the others. I think you were just lucky, dear. <laughs> the series, the Series X version was kind of the like at the time it was among the console versions it was the best of all worlds because like the way that the series x does backwards compatibility allowed them to use the fact that it was an 
Xbox One game running on Series X to make it run smoother and generally not break as quickly uh, as it did on other platforms. So that was kind of, at launch, the best way you could play it on a console. it was some of that's also just luck because like there there was a lot of stuff that was just kind of buggy at launch and like re- relatively speaking the console versions of the, the PS5 and Xbox Series versions are stable at this point and like you know those are those are perfectly if you're going to play it 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 will still have issues. It'll have about the same issues that you get when you run whatever the most recent version of Skyrim is at this stage. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where it's like not, not ideal. I don't think. Like, like you say, like, uh, have you played any of the DLC? And, like, I, I played the most recent patches, and they do add things, but they're not a lot. Like, there's some Edge Runners content, but it's just like, here's this character's jacket and this other character's shotgun, and you can find a brain dance that's literally a trailer. Yeah, I like, saw, they did, the fact they didn't even just redo that with in-game models kind of bothered me, because it's such a visual break. It's extremely strange. I was I was very baffled when I looked at it. At the same time, like, I admit, I don't particularly care to see it in the game models, because I think the animation's gorgeous, so it's like... Oh, yeah, no. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's so jarring. It is, it is extremely jarring, to say the least. Like, uh, there's, I don't think there's a perfect world version of it, because, yeah, if they did it in character models... Unless they let, because they did, they showed up brain dancing as this cool, amazing feature that's going to let you basically really fancy ass detective vision. And then that comes up, what, three, four times? Like, if they let us do twice that. In, twice in main plot and twice in side quests. Exactly. Like, if, very they much, us, if they okay. let us approach the game's trailer of sorts, like if they rebuilt it in character models and let us brain dance that. That could have been cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much a case of like they were kind of all hands on other things, I think, and so it was just one of those things. Like, just promote the th- new thing. Just promote. Yeah, the- just shove it out there. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, because it, it should be noted, this this game was announced when it when it was announced. It was supposed to have like a handful of DLC expansions. I believe they like implied at some point, like you know, a few more than The Witcher Three ended up getting, which it got too substantial. Uh, DLC packages. Cyberpunk, they spent they've spent so much time trying to get it fixed enough for human consumption that that has been paired back to one, and they're just going all in on a sequel. Because uh, like we, we know, Phantom Liberty, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Fan- Phantom Liberty comes out next year. That's uh, that that's the one expansion that this will be getting. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was supposed to be like a bunch of subset weapon packs. Like, that early on, they were talking about that. There was supposed to be, like, three big pieces of DLC. At least one yeah. of them was supposed to involve us going to the Crystal Palace. Because that was that big push, both the fact that we can't properly go to the island and the implication in one of the endings, right? I think so. It's one of those things, like, it, it was the right move to make to not start uh, to not go in on like and then you'll be able to buy more of it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's one of those things, like, it's unclear what or, or how much of those got folded into one seemingly larger expansion with Phantom Liberty, uh, which, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what that ends up being. I'm not even clear when it has to take place. Uh, 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 that's all I got to say on it. Like, <laughs> uh, we'll find say? out is is the best answer I've got. Yeah, there there are endings it can't take place after, and I don't know what they do. If, but you know, it's also it would be a weird thing to s- try to slot into the mid game. So, see, okay, 
Like, if I could wave a magic wand and be like, this is how I would do it, the main plot mostly wouldn't exist, and you'd just be a runner. You'd just be going around doing jobs for people, and then, yeah, you could drop it in, because you're out for your, you know, you've you've woken up at three in the, the afternoon. Champion of Cyrodiil. Yeah, like, you've woken up at three in the afternoon because you're shaking off this hangover and getting started on the next and you pick up your you pick up your agent and you look at it and you're like oh there's a job where i need to go to the moon cool that sounds like a weekend and that'd be fine real easy to do for dlc but yeah the the nature of the game makes it unclear what their intent is with phantom liberty the only thing i think i've heard is they got keanu back so for god's sake and okay i do like keanu reeves by every indication he's a good person and i like him in most of the things i see him in but uh... i'm signed up for it but i already made my opinions clear on that (laughs) i will eyeball it is where i'm at because i would like okay the name kind of makes me wonder if we're going to see something more on militech but like who knows like i i want it to be good but i've wanted this game to be good since the moment they announced it so that's it like if this comes down to like, hey, and I'm not saying, oh man, this DLC is going to come down, it's going to fix everything, it's going to be the, per- the perfect game already exists, it's Rock Band, I don't expect anybody else to do that. So I, I won't, We'll have a truce on that. Yeah, no, but but that's it. I don't expect any DLC to reinvent this from the ground up because that's unreasonable. That's completely absurd. What I it, want it is It might be a campaign quality. you like better. That's the most thing that's to it. get out of it. That's what I want. I want quality. I want a story that I am engaged in, start to finish. I want to learn about new characters. I don't need to know what happened to the Afterlife crew because it's been 50 years since they're relevant, and I don't understand why we're still talking to them or about them. Like, I don't understand how they're all still alive. (laughs) But yeah, I would like it just to be good so I can look at it and be like, well, I had a good time, right? I mean, that's the goal. We don't play video games to gripe about them. If I wanted to do that, I'd read the news. Yeah. Um. One more question, and then we'll I will get into the uh the the pricing, and then we'll take a break, and then to do a little bit of the roundtable. I know uh, David's got to bust out of here for Q and A questions yeah, at some point. But um, if if they announced a sequel today, and you you know a lot of the things about the sequels is that it's a chance to kind of make up for the lack of the. Of, the previous game would you be interested at all or is it fool me once shame on you or shame on me or whatever however that saying goes fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me i mean it's fully going to whatever ends up happening is going to have to be pretty ground up reworked either way because it's not even going to be on the same engine anymore so i guess we'll see (laughs) like i'm i'm enthused by the base game so i mean like for me it's just sort of eh, we'll we'll see what happens (laughs) I'm of the mind, like, I did not have a good time. I've made that very clear. But I'm also one of those people, I'm willing to give something the benefit of the doubt when it's a sequel. It's one of those, I'll watch, I'll wait, and I'll see. And you know what? If what I see intrigues me and it fixes the things I don't like, cool. I might be willing to give it a whirl, maybe borrow it, you know, from my work or something. But, like, right now, it's like, "Eh, I don't care enough. You, you, you want to you want a, a game in that setting to work 
so badly that you know, like I want it to be. <laughs> it's one of those. I'm one of those people. I'm always happy to give the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And I've had plenty of series where I hated, let's say, the first game, and then I played the sequel, and I was like, wow, it's like night and day. You know, it. It's one of those. I'd like to see the things that maybe I didn't enjoy be improved, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if that's possible. But it's also one of those. I'm never one to just say full on no. There are games where I will say that, you know, like Witch in the Hundred Night. Yeah, no, we don't. We don't, we don't touch that garbage. Oh, we, we don't touch things like you know, Criminal Girls because it's a sexist piece of garbage that oh. you know glorifies underage children. Um, those are things. Those are things we we. For me personally, it's like yeah, I ain't touching that with ten foot pole. Cyberpunk. It's one of those. I again, I adore cyberpunk as a genre, and I'm always willing to try to see. You know, I'm always willing to give the benefit of the doubt because again, CD Projekt Red does do great work. They do, and maybe for me, it's like maybe this is a flop because I've only played two games by them. I've only played The Witcher Three, and I've only played Cyberpunk 2077. So those are my only two experiences. But it's also one of those if I play and I don't enjoy it, well, then I'm just done with them forever. <laughs> And then there's people like me who spend five bucks on Record of Agoras War Mariage. Um, Jesus, why? Kelly, <laughs> did you hate Kelly. yourself? No, we no. tried to talk her out of it. It didn't work. Kelly, it's called self-respect. We've had like, this conversation before. Please Agoras don't yourself. The eternal, like, oh, surely this will be at least funny. And no, it's actually just really, really boring. I mean, and I've said this before, aside from that one terrible joke, I was surprised at how much I kind of like the story of Witch in a Hundred Night. So sometimes things surprise me. Yeah. That that being said, I'm not anticipating uh, Mariage being anything of quality. But hey, at least I'm only out five bucks. That was probably going to be spent on Taco Bell that would have, you know, removed five minutes of my life anyway. You, you'll get five bucks worth of banana jokes in it. How about that? <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, that, that means throwing a fair bit of time in there first. <laughs> God. Yeah, it was less time than you would think. We shall see. Um, see. As far as pri- as far as pricing goes, so um, the Steam version is still sixty bucks. Nope. And out of curiosity, I looked up the Steam Deck compatibility. May have minor graphics slash display issues. <laughs> I had a friend who played through it on Steam Deck fairly recently, and it's not a great way to play, but it does function more than the. <laughs> PS4 and X-Bone versions. <laughs> that is not a that is not a high bar. That is it, not a high bar. It, it yeah. functions like how a broken clock functions twice a day. Yeah. From, from what it sounds like. Um, as far as the other versions, you can pick up just versions of the P- PS4 and X-Bone ones for like 30 bucks. And with the new systems being backwards compatible, that's probably the best way to play them It'll at this just point. Give other ones anyway. Yeah. So, um, get, yeah. Uh, I, I'm regularly not... goes on sale. That's about the best you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not hearing glowing recommendations, but I'm not hearing don't buy it either. So I guess it's up to you, the listener, if you want to give it a try. Um, I am mildly curious about the game, but if I don't get to it in a lifetime, I'm not gonna lose any sleep. Uh, it, to me, it was more funny just hearing people bitch about it. Like t- tonight 
or when it first came out two years ago. (laughs) What is time? Um, That being said, we we will take a short musical interlude so that we can kind of recharge ourselves and then we'll come back with the round table where we'll get into even more personal feelings as if we weren't personal enough. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now getting into, as if we weren't personal enough, our personal feelings about Cyberpunk 20, 2077. I keep wanting to call it 2020. 2020 uh, is a better game. version of the tabletop. Yeah. Uh, yeah our, our personal feelings, what, what our favorite moments were, that kind of thing. So just starting off right off the bat, um, what was your glitchiest moment? Um, so mine was... The Ozob quest, where I picked Ozob up, and then I drove my car into a guardrail. We fell into the water. Um, there was no water. <laughs> um, literally, Ozob was walking on the texture that should have been water, and he's still, like, talking to me and everything. I'm looking up at Ozop because you know first person so I'm stuck in the environment and then eventually I just died I think it's because like it, Jim wasn't it assumed I drowned or did Your I blow car up exploded. my car exploded because Ozop had clipped through the roof yep. you were in the gully you were completely submerged but the game didn't seem to register the water but you couldn't drive so eventually the car just exploded <laughs> And you yeah. died. But the car exploded. We got that lovely little death cam. Hey, you died. Uh, and Ozob just stood in the flames and did not care. <laughs> yep. It's pretty great. That Can you say this amazing. is a bad game? <laughs> oh, no, that was like the best moment for me because it's just, it was so random. <laughs> just, just the fact that like I blew up. It's like, I have no textures here, but okay. And then you died. And again, like, for me, I always seem to find these types of glitches when I'm playing open world games. I just have very bad luck with this stuff. And I love it. Like, these are the things I do like. It's like, I don't know what's happening, but this is pretty great. Ozob just is the best quest, by the way. Got pizza. Now drive. You're like, okay. It does feel fitting that that would end with something exploding. Absolutely. What about you, David? 
Uh, none of my glitches were interesting, which explains a great deal about how I feel more positively about the game. None of my glitches <laughs> were interesting. It's just like, oh, occasionally I would get a crash. Like, uh, when I played it near launch on PS5, the PS4 version, I got a crash like once every, I don't know, seven or, seven or so hours. It didn't, it was not frequent enough to really bother me. It was like, eh, I should probably stop playing for now anyway. <laughs> uh, and then, like, with my most recent run, it's like, oh, occasionally, like, I'll get some sort of, like, physics fuck that causes, like, my me, me and my motorcycle to go flying or some shit. But otherwise, eh, none of them terribly notable. <laughs> yeah, I, n- I never got any of the really, the really crazy funny glitches that you saw online. The, the the one I remember was where you were, I was in this mission and the character that was giving me the mission was like carrying this big case full of weapons. And so the whole point is you're following this character through this, uh, all the way through these rooms. And the character I was supposed to be following got glitched on some of the environment, but the case just kept floating through the air. <laughs> you just, you're just following the case to where you were supposed to be going, even though the character was back, you know, like four rooms, still talking to you, narrating the whole time. Very strange. <laughs> Automated systems. It's fantastic. The new form of delivery. <laughs> That case was getting there one way or the other. Yeah. Hey, they guarantee it. They guarantee it. This must be a new branch of Delamain. See, well, I, I mentioned my glitchiest already, which is I literally fell through the world. I, the the funniest is so I, when I drive, I don't believe in brakes. <laughs> brakes are for cowards. There is go, and there is, if you need to slow down, hit someone. And if you need to stop, hit someone. So I stole a Militech, like I stole one of the Militech Jeep, van, armored, whatever the hell they are. They got mad at me for some reason. I don't really understand or care. So I drove away from them, and I try and take a hard right turn. This is thankfully recorded on my Twitch. I tried to take a hard right turn, and this is still very early in the game where driving is a loose suggestion more than a mechanic. So I start to fishtail like a pro and I try to right myself and start driving. I am not actively trying to hit people. I I need to make this clear. When this started out, I was not trying to kill anyone. I fail in this objective, mowing through like 15 people before I hit no one really knows and the van starts rolling and then it stops and it is completely upright on its wheels. Everything is fine and it explodes. And I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, that was a hoot for me. That was an absolute hoot for me. So I, I guess that's also your funniest moment, which we'll transition into. Because no. that sounded pretty funny. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's it's an absolute blast. It's, I will periodically go back to that clip, and I'm like, so what did I, yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Sam, you hated this game. Do you have any funny moments? up. Ozop. Again, having that glitch was my funniest moment because it was just such a weird situation. Again, I got a lot of glitches. So, again, we could also joke that the funniest moment for me was getting ghosted by Carrie. Yeah. And again, retrospectively, extremely funny. Oh, yeah, no. But that's kind of it. Like, anytime I got glitches in the game, they were very frustrating. But some of them were also just so downright funny that it was like, this game is a piece of shit, but I'm still laughing. So, <laughs> you know, I'm having a good time in that regard. 
have to have to laugh at it instead of crying at it. Yeah. Well, you heard my tears earlier. Did you have any fun funny moments, Josh? Uh, n- nothing really much else that comes to mind other than just like that weird glitch with the uh, the floating briefcase through the air. <laughs> and, and David, yeah, like nothing. I said, there's there's nothing that uh, really went pear shaped in my game. So, um, so, so then we could ask: Did you? Did any of you have a favorite side quest? A did you seem to like a Raymond Chandler evening? Absolutely. That, that was the noir one. Yeah, that is the one where Johnny is behind you, and he walked down the streets. The streets smelled like rain. And I'm like, no, why is this not a feature? Like, come on, guys. Like, this is fantastic. So the entire actual side quest basically consists of a husband and wife running around on each other because, like, she's convinced he won't love her unless she looks a certain way, and he doesn't know how to tell her. It's, It's contrived bullshit. It is... It is just the fluffiest noir story. And Johnny is narrating this. And B's constantly like, no, dude, shut up. I'm just trying to run a job. And he looked. And then he saw her. A leggy dame. And it's like, this is fantastic. This is the (laughs) single greatest quest in video game history. Why is this not the entire game? See, you would think that they would have had at least some funny banter between Johnny and the main character to kind of make up for the fact that he was kind of shit. They do. It's just it depends upon what your tolerance is for Johnny's funny banter is that he's just a huge asshole. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's he's kind of got one trick. I'm a putz. Like, eventually he starts becoming to a degree self-aware of that fact, but he's still Johnny Silverhand no matter what you do with him. But then I also have to, have to ask: Did any of you do the cat side quest? I don't remember. I didn't because when I was playing, it was extremely difficult to actually find that. Like okay. they really made that a lot easier to come across by the time I had stopped. But yeah, like initially, it's just oh well, you got to buy cat food, and then you've got to go to this specific alley to find this cat. And I'm like, how would I know that? Because there it's is a, a cat. Like there yeah. is a cat, but. Like, it's, you don't just assume it's going to be your companion. It's just a cat and Vix. <laughs> it's it's still extremely... Like, even even in the current version of the game, if you don't know to look for it, you, there's a decent chance you're just never going to find it. It's sort of like the fucking talking gun, where it's like, oh, that's in there. If you didn't know specifically to look for it, you might run across it. You might not. And that was it. I stumbled across that. Actually, that brings to mind one of my favorite glitches that did occur that had slipped until right now. So you find that gun in an alley. Mm-hmm. The backside of that alley has a fence. Oh, no. If you jump and land on that fence, specifically on the side facing out of the alley, like, you can land directly on the fence and it's fine. Um, if you land on the edge of the fence and try to step off it out of the alley, you die. Huh. No damage. Nothing, nothing happens. If you land on that exact area, you die. But it is just an automatic death line on the end of that fence on that alley. And no other alley that I encountered. What the fuck happened there? I wonder if that's still the case, actually. I, I don't know, and I don't really want to find out. Cause I, I would have difficulty that finding that place again, because once you found the fucking gun, yeah, no. it's not exactly on your map anymore, so I can't even no, check exactly. it. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I would always just double jump to get over fences and everything. So mm. like I double jumped, messed up the jump, and landed on that part of the fence and died. Went, what the hell? <laughs> Did it again, jumped cleanly over, grabbed the gun, went back, died. Like, just this weird, if you're here, you're dead moment. <laughs> That's a different tagline for Olive Garden. 
<laughs> dead. Uh, any other joke? Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, that that was funny. Um, it, it, were there any other memorable side quests that you guys want to talk about? I mean, I definitely had a lot of like. I, I think that some of the quest lines tend to be like because cer- certain quest lines are kind of blurry about where one individual quest ends and the other begins because it'll just be like it'll just give you another objective and if you don't go looking into your journal, it might not be obvious that it's officially this is a different quest. And I think there are really good quest lines like. Uh, as as Sam mentioned quite a while ago, Judy's quest line is quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Judy's, Judy's quest line was probably my favorite in the game, yeah. Judy's overall quest line, like start to finish, her story is solid gold. Mm-hmm. Ex- just excellently written, excellently portrayed, like the descent into the water to see what happened to her former home, just everything about it. You are invested. You care, damn it. And they make you care. Yep. Like same reason. Oh. I I think that like the the nomad side quests I had a good time with as well. Uh, I like parts of them, like parts of the nomad quest. Like I love Pan- poor Pan Am having to constantly prove herself. I, I appreciate like, it so that like hard. it's like you guys are being mild dicks to her. Stop. <laughs> I, I appreciate that the end lo- the end point of that quest is not oh you should have listened to him. It's like no, he should have listened to you. Fuck off. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I I think that that one's like to a lesser extent. That one's also quite good overall, Uh, and even when it gets from the uh, perhaps even more so from when it leaves the compulsory quests and becomes a side quest. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of quests that like I had a good time doing this. Uh, I thought they were, you know, a lot of the a lot of the incidental quests tend to be fairly interesting, but you know the the like more fleshed out quest lines naturally have more time to sort of stick out in the head so and then the last question i always ask were, were any of you doing anything interesting in your life when you was playing this game and do you associate the two uh, i associate it with uh i mean that was christmas during you know first christmas during the pandemic and it was during the second you know surge so i was like holed up at home and this was what i was playing over christmas break <laughs> Yeah. Playing a lot of stuff, but this among <laughs> it. And then I also I associate it with last week. What a time I, last week. I was gonna say it's I think everybody has their pandemic game that that they're gonna associate for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like three uh, or four of those. Yeah. <laughs> we we talked about one of mine this year's as uh, Thirteen Sentinels. Thirteen um, Sentinels so good. Such a good game. Um any life memories you want to say while you was playing this, or? I mean, for for Jim and I, we live in the same house. I think my favorite moment was the fact that like he stayed up for a full twenty four hours, and I came down and I'm like, "How's it going?" He's like, "It keeps crashing on me." It has crashed on me <laughs> every two hours. Well, talking about the one quest with the um with the monk, the with the tigers that you were telling you were talking about earlier, that's the one I remember. I walked in on you. While you were playing, and it was just like constantly glitching on you. I'm like, no, like I have to kill these guys. It's the only way I can get out of here. Yeah, yeah, you were not having a good time. Oh no, no, it was, it was not, it was not a good day. I don't know. So between that and like two weeks ago, the quest worked fine. 
<laughs> it's the even when I was playing it on PC later on in the month, because like I said, I was working. They were rapidly doing shit with that game. Well, I was at that point. I was writing for the Mad Queen show, and so this was part of the reason that I even had the game at all on my PC. Was she gave me a code so we could do it for the channel, and like that's that will always be my association with that. Because at the same time that I was doing this, I was still working on scripts for. I was still working on a fourth corporate war script for her that is still partially incomplete because I don't like the way I ended it. But yeah, like I burned, I burned, I think 120 hours on that game over the course of that December. So unto itself, that game is a memory. <laughs> like I didn't do much that December, but kind of hammer my way through it. And not, not really a good thing, not really a bad thing to be able to kind of look at it and go, there is so much here that I wish. And there's so much here that is not. And there's so many things that I'm going, no, seriously, why did you make that decision? <sighs> well, I, do we want to say at least CD Projekt Red tried? I They tried. They, okay. So earlier you had asked, if we buy a sequel, this is my only CDPR game. Mm -hmm. I've never played anything else by them. This was not a good starting experience. Doesn't I, sound like it. Yeah, like I have heard for years, oh my God, they're an amazing studio, da 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 da. For this to be my first experience, very much colors everything going forward. There is now an unquestionable element of distrust in their leadership. And that flows down the line. I'm not, again, I'm not going to go after the devs specifically. I'm not going to go after QA. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. But a fish rots from the head down, right? Mm -hmm. So when it's like, when you are seeing decisions that impact a game like this, when you are constantly seeing features be pared down, and I'm not going to fault that. That's part of design. Mm -hmm. you, you've got ambition. I, you're like, okay, I really want to do X and it just doesn't happen. That's okay. But it's like, you're going to have to work hard to earn my trust again. Right. And, and I look at this and I go, no, I wanted this to be better. I see where it's good. I see where it got hurt. I see where the management made the mistakes that impacted the people below them that yielded this outcome. Like you can very much kind of follow lines to get there. And I go, I don't know. Like, is this the best version we could have gotten with that there is like you wanted so much more and you put things in, you put things in like, like one of the little bones that I have to pick with it once in a while that slips my mind and comes back to it is the cameos. And it's like you had to get people in to do recording and facial capture and you had to build quests around this influencer this personality or that and i go why could that time have not been better spent on anything on writing on bug fixes on sound design on pick a pick a topic and i go that which only seems to exist so you can go isn't it cool that that person is in this did that need to be here why was that decision made well and then i mean the amount of backlash for some of those people who appeared in the game too right huh? like totally do one of the things that i do i do feel for and at the same time despise about this game was how people handled it. When you think about the kinds of backlash, you had people attacking the actors who were in it, but also being like, this is my ride or die. I don't care that it's broken. Um, it's no wonder like cyberpunk left a salty taste in people's mouths. Mm -hmm. Like if we're just like, if we, if we ignore the game itself, the actual way in which this game came out, like I will never forget that. I will never forget my friends who reviewed the game 
getting doxxed. I will never forget, you know, people in my life being, you know, harmed because they had the audacity to point out that epilepsy is a problem with the game. Like, I know, to, oh, to their to their credit, to their credit, I mean, they fixed that. Credit. Let's they, and they fixed it fast. They did they fixed it fast. But I, I don't excuse no the way in which people interacted with that. Again, the no, amount of people exactly. who told our friend to go fucking kill herself for pointing out the epilepsy issue. Like, it was weird that yeah, this became battle lines. And that that was something I didn't understand about this game when it came out, because I don't remember, you know, when The Witcher 3 came out, you know, the level of, like, ride or die on this. I mean, I'm going through it right now with Pokemon, and the, the most recent one not being up to, up to expectations, and just the vitriol. Yeah. Of, I, I can't believe you gave Nintendo money. It's like, well, of course I'm going to buy the new Pokemon. It's what I'm, I'm allowed. Yeah. It's, it's, You're it's, a grown adult. You can spend your money how you want. And, you know, we, we always say no one ever sets out to make a bad game. It, no, it, of course not. It's, it's never the developer's fault. It's almost always the suits' fault for, you know, pushing stuff out of the oven before it has a chance to bake. I mean, to like, not to minimize what happened here, because, like, a lot of shit went wrong with this video game. But it is one of those things where it's like, I, I don't have the personal connection to people who were attacked, which will make this a more vis- visceral situation. But it's like, at this stage, that's every game, because there is a broken culture around how games are hyped and, like the culture around people that care about them. And yeah. so, like, to me, it, it strikes me as, like, it's, I expect at least one, probably more than one game a year to do this. Well, I and think what... marketing we... should not be pushing that way. And Punk's marketing was bad for that during that gap. Like, between September and December, when they did yeah. that pushback, and suddenly marketing just started to hammer the drum. Well, mm-hmm. and as much as I, like, completely agree with what you're all saying... I think what makes cyberpunk also just an uncomfortable case is we were in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. People had nowhere to go. People only had the internet as a place to connect and, and push their feelings on. I think that's why, you know, as we're slowly coming out of things, yes, this is more common now, but it should never really be common in the first place is how I look at it. At the end of the day, you know, there are lots of people who worked on the games. There are, a lot of scumbags who worked on this game and you know you have to kind of look at it and go yes we were all trapped at home it doesn't excuse you from you know treating this like it's a sports team yeah right? yeah, um, yeah, just, yeah. And that, that's why it's like I, I totally agree with what you're all saying but one of my frustrations with this is you know having all these personal connections and watching people i care about being attacked for simply playing the game and that's and wrong. I, and people that are dicks like that. Yeah, I, I 100% am them. not trying to minimize that. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, we never stopped. Oh no, and that's that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. That's why I do agree with you. It's, I think cyberpunk was a, in a lot of ways a catalyst for what we have now. Well, and it was. It, I, I mean, I'm just remembering. Points. I'm just remembering it was like the one that really when, brought it up. And that's like, what I, I mean, like. It, there is more vitriol. It, there was a kind of aggression, and I think it's just the circumstances we were in are are a factor that we do need to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah. Again, again, not to to minimize. It's just like I 
you know, this is such a long, like it, it may, I don't even know if it necessarily got worse or just more noticeable because like, I remember Grand Theft Auto five releasing 10 years ago and people getting death threats for nines and tens because the writing itself wasn't effusive enough. Yeah. Honestly, I think punk just made it more noticeable. That's it. I I don't think it was ever any worse. I remember mortal Kombat developers getting death threats. Somebody got harassed for not having Rayco in it. Someone went to the trouble of Google translating death threats to send them in Korean to a guy who gave yep. IGN Korea's God of War Ragnarok review a six. Yeah, but like, that's what I mean. Like, We're... that's it. It's It was here. It's been here for a while. Well, it's just it's like a lot of just, things. It's everywhere now. <laughs> we, we, can no longer, we can no longer live in a world where we aren't constantly aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, there is no sh- longer plausible deniability. Yeah, I, I'm sure you guys remember Jeff Gerstmann and the 8.8 yep. uh, Twilight Princess that became a meme, and it's just gotten worse ever since. That whole thing inculcated it by virtue of like being treated even by people in the press. Is, Ha-ha, they're yelling death threats at him. Yep. That's insane. And, That's insane. Yeah, sorry to put this on a, uh, on a downer. It's just... <laughs> Well, how about a lighter topic? We're talking about Cthulhu on our next show. Yeah. <laughs> Cthulhu saves, saves the world and saves Christmas. And I am struggling to come up with a skit. <laughs> you just you just put a bunch of eldritch noises together and say that was a skit. <laughs> Make sure you I, get pause in it. Maybe do some Shakespeare to reference their new game. And there you go. Take... Your favorite three sentences, remove all the vowels, reorder the consonants, and throw in apostrophes at random. Yeah. And And expect people to read it. Yeah. It's it's Uh, just, once they, you just say, it's really funny if you can speak a deep tongue. (laughs) I say, here is a Shogoth reading A Night Before Christmas. And then just five minutes of that. Now I want to play Arkham Horror. And now I spoiled it. Um. But yeah, I mean, we, we only have me and Matt signed up for that one, so I'm going to have to recruit some people. But uh, it, um, it might be a shorter show, but I'm OK with that. They're short games. Yeah, they're short, exactly. I mean, I'm sorry I'm away in Thunder Bay when it happens. <laughs> That's OK. But um, th- thank you guys for showing up to talk. Talk some cyberpunk. I, I Sorry do appreciate for it. Over people. <laughs> no, okay. It happens. Passionate conversation. Exactly. Um, thank you, Jim, for being our special, special guest. No problem. Uh, I am always game to gripe about this game. It's nice to meet you, yes. <laughs> we'll we'll do the backtrack on the backtrack of this in two years. Look, let's be grateful. Let's be grateful. I also didn't give you Scott for this one. Because uh, so Sam messages me before the show and says, like, I have a surprise guest. So, like, oh, we're finally going to have Scott on the reboot. Like, no, Jim. <laughs> What's a Jim? <laughs> and, and I just assumed that it was one of her roommates because I, I don't know how many people you Turned out to be a good assumption. <laughs> Well, it's only Jim. Jim's my yeah. only okay. roommate, and Scott is my husband roommate. Right. And the dogs. And the dogs. Brew the does dogs. not have strong opinions on cyberpunk. Bring the dogs in for the Cthulhu cat. Like, they, they don't care, they just want pets. Well, all Brew wants is for me to sit in the ugly recliner and cuddle with him. Forever. 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 And of course, thank you to Matt for being our excellent producer for this fine show. 
Thank I you, do all Pat. the work. Great job. Put the money off the top. <laughs> Corporate lifestyle. Yep. Um, and uh, thank, thank you, listener, for tuning in. Uh, we shall check you out next week. I hope you have a fine rest of your week, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Catching a ride with the lady who hangs down past her thighs. Blue and pistol, she satisfies leather jacket, zip drop.